What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 243. I'm your host, Greg. I am here tonight with Ryan, but also with Daniela Bruce from the Detroit Red Wings on her extended stay in Traverse City. How are you doing tonight, Daniela? I'm doing great. Excited to join you guys. Prospect tournament in the books and we're looking ahead to training camp now. Yeah, it's been pretty exciting. It's a little it seemed a little uh, toned down from previous prospect tournaments because there were less teams. So it's like a more a more intimate prospect tournament. You really get to focus in on guys, but there's less games. So did it seem a little a little less busy, but maybe not because you're just with one team? Yeah, I mean, I still did the same amount of games as I normally would, so it didn't feel too much less busy, but it was definitely less crowded in that rink. I don't know if you've ever been to Center Ice Arena, but when they used to have eight teams, six teams running through there, it could get a little crowded. So with four, it did feel a little bit like you could breathe a little more. So it was all good, though. It was a fun tournament. Columbus brought a great prospect team, so that was fun to watch, too. And obviously, we got to see what the Red Wings had to offer. Yeah, I have been to uh, a couple prospect tur- tournaments and with all those teams, you can barely walk down the yeah, hallway. So no it's <laughs> a little a little more freedom. This is the Wi-Fi any better. I remember the Wi-Fi being absolutely awful. We may or may not have a little secret Wi-Fi that we get to use. As well oh, there. no. I mean, the stream was fantastic. Yeah, yeah the stream was really good. We need, we need a total different Internet connection to be able to run the stream. So that has something to do with it. <laughs> Well, you you keep your Wi-Fi secrets. But, uh, <laughs> what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, we're going to go a little bit. Me and Ryan both took notes. We want to kind of get your impressions of the prospect tournament. Who really stood out to you? We got some questions and we're going to end on training camp because that is what's coming up. It is almost hockey season if everyone can just hold on for a little bit longer. Um, but I kind of want to start off the top with injuries. And what was kind of disappointing was that Carter Mazur uh, was out. And like mm-hmm. he he played for a little bit. He got taken out. They were keeping him out. And then he didn't play the rest of the tournament. And from what we have gathered, it's not great. Uh, but what did you what did you see? Did you see anything happen? Because I kept looking and I'm like, I don't see anything happen. Yeah, to be honest, I can't. I, we we tried to go back and pinpoint a moment that maybe we could see an injury or something that had happened to him. But we know about as much as you do right now, a lower body injury that he's being further evaluated for. Um, I'm sure we'll get an update on that before training camp starts because we'll have to know whether he's going to be a part of that or not. So I'm sure we'll get an update. But right now, all we know is a lower body injury that they're going to further evaluate him for. Yeah, that sucks because it was yeah. one of the guys where you're going into the tournament. You're like, he needs to have an awesome tournament, fly into camp, get into some preseason games and just kill it. And then it's it's a big like loss. He didn't play very much, but when he was out there. It was impressive. It felt like he was all over the place. The puck yeah. was just finding him. So it did look like it was going to be a really exciting tournament for him. So you really, really cross your fingers and hope that this is just something minor and he's going to be able to move forward. Maybe has to miss just a little bit of time, whatever it might be. We hope that he's okay and he's able to get back in as soon as possible. Yeah, it really kills the uh, potential dark horse moment for him right now. Uh, hopefully it's yeah. not as bad as what we're thinking. But, I mean... It could be weeks. It could be days. I hope it's the days part and he's able to hit camp and then hit Grand Rapids. If that's what it comes down to missing the time that he is right now. Now, the other guy people were worried about was Nate Danielson because he was also held out for a bit. But that just seems based on what you had tweeted. Dan Watson said that uh, he is holding him out of the game for management purposes and wants him to be ready for training camp. So maybe just a precautionary thing so that he's ready to go when they start. Exactly. And that's not to say they could. They- this guy get a little beat up during this tournament and it's four, three games in four days, you know, right out of the gate when you haven't played in a long time. So there are some, you know, bumps and bruises along the way. So if he was feeling anything at all, they were going to say, OK, you know what? You you take a seat for this game and you get ready for training camp. And it was way more precautionary than it was anything else. And he'll be ready to go once camp starts. So those games were very what I was able to watch was very AHL-esque in terms yeah, of the physicality. Yeah, I think a lot of people, though, are also trying not to get hurt because oh, yeah. it's a prospect tournament. Like uh, my general disclaimer right at the beginning is it's a prospect tournament, guys. These guys have never played together. Don't go box score watching because you'll be really, really disappointed. Don't go ragging on the goalies because they let in this many goals. They're just trying not to hurt themselves before regular season. Right. But the YouTube like I was watching it on YouTube and then I had to turn off the chat because it just got way out of hand. <laughs> And I just oh, everyone it? I think needs a calm. Yeah, everyone needs to calm down. I was watching on my TV without chat up, so I'm glad I did that way. Yeah, I'd imagine that Sebastian Cosa was probably the center yes. of most of that. 
conversation. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, and like you said, you can't put too much stock in a prospect tournament. I understand you, you take a goalie in the first round and everybody wants him to go out there and just be the best goaltender they've ever seen every time he takes the ice. And I get that. And you can be critical. I'm not saying that you can't be because he really hasn't had great outings at this prospect tournament. And he'll be the first one to tell you that over the past three years now, he hasn't really performed his best at this tournament. Maybe it's two years, three years. I think it, this was his third one. Um, but he had a great season in the ECHL last year. He improved immensely throughout the year in Toledo. So let that be a win. Everybody take a breath and, you know, we'll see what he does. He's going to get some time in Grand Rapids most likely. And that's a big, big step for him. So we'll see how he handles that. You don't want to take too much stock into it. I understand the frustration and the want for him to be really good and the need for him to be really good for the organization, but there's still a lot of time and there's a lot more time for him to prove himself. Well, even I think Ken made that point you just made as well, that he had a rough camp especially looking at last year in terms of the prospect mm-hmm. tournament. And then he had a slow start in Toledo, but then he just set off. It went off in Toledo. I think actually, no, it was um, Larry Pergersky during the Dallas game. I think actually it was, he was talking about it. That's not Ken, I, but it started slow to look at what he is now. It, you can't take stock into it. Even Horkoff, I think when they were interviewing him, you got to, again, preach the peace of patience. Let him come into his own, get his feet under him and let, let it go. Like it's, it's going to have, it's going to come around and we know what he can do. Right. You also need to understand that for these prospects, it is a time where they are here playing in front of everyone. All of the management is there. They're under a little bit of a microscope. And if that were me, I'd be really nervous. It's a nerve wracking situation. It's a high pressure situation for them, even though they, you don't want it to be seen that way. Coaches don't want it to be seen that way. Neither does management. But the reality is they're playing in front of the entire management staff. So there could be a little bit of nerves there that he hasn't been able to quite settle. But like I said, this isn't the end for Sebastian Costa. Everybody needs to take a breath. He's going to be just fine. He's 20. He's 20 years old. And He's just, just getting started in his pro career. So yes, take a deep breath. He's going to be fine. Patience. Is that the word? Yeah. Patience. I don't have much patience either, so I get it. But yes, patience is the word. We all know that goalie development paths are longer than any other position Mm -hmm. on the ice. So a lot of goalies don't show up till they're 24, 25 years old. There's still development time left. I will put so much more stock into an ECHL season than I will three prospect tournament games. So, I mean, that's just me. Uh, Well, I think we're going to talk about forwards first. We're going to go through some forwards, some defensemen, people that kind of really stood out to us or guys we were watching closely because of their, I guess, their position in the system right now. Renown, if you will. Uh, Yeah, sure. Their reputation or their uh, their tenure. But I'll start with Elmer, who I think has maybe the most tenure of anyone on the team. Uh, I have that he brought the offense as he should have, but there were still a little bit of defensive uh, issues there that needs to button up. Uh, to be a full-time player. But again, his skating, again, looks more improved than it did last season. And he had some crazy, like, he had a, like a spin trying to bat the puck out of the air move. He had some goals. I mean, Elmer, let's see, I've got the stats pulled up. Elmer had three goals and no assists, so for three points in three games. But, I mean, he looked pretty dialed in. The only issue I had with Elmer was that he was letting guys smaller than him almost beat him up at points. And I think if he can use his body it'll be a huge asset. Yeah. And that's been kind of his critique or his one flaw, if you want to call it a flaw in his game, even when he made the Red Wings out of camp last year, that for a guy as big as he is, sometimes he doesn't use his body to his advantage and able to win puck battles. And you'd imagine him to be a little bit stronger just by looking at him. Right. And he's working on that. He 100% is working on that. And he knows that he talks about it a lot during his media availability. After the first game of the prospect tournament, we talked to him on the practice day and He said that that's the biggest focus in his game right now, being able to protect the puck a little bit better and get stronger on the puck and use his body to his advantage. Because if he figures out how to do that, watch out because he was all over the front of the net and having somebody that size in front of the net is going to be very difficult to defend at any level, really, once he figures out how to do that successfully. And remember, again, you you mentioned it. It's his third prospect tournament. He should dominate a little bit, but he's coming off an injury. And I think that this is just my guess. Uh, That management probably wanted to get him in a few games and see how he levels up in these games if he was able to compete at the level that he did heading into camp. So I think it was a really good tournament and he did everything he needed to do heading into the training camp this year or this week, I should say. 
So is the strategy now just to get players that are bigger than the goaltenders? Because the goaltenders are huge. So now you got to get players bigger. At the like every team, every prospect team, I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, six five, six six, six four, six five again. I'm like, okay, all these guys are huge. All of a sudden, everyone's just huge. Everybody, you need stills. I think is what right. it comes down to. And that's the thing. I'm like, who am I going to interview? Like, I think about this. I'm like, <laughs> we're I'm fielding a basketball a team. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take a bunch of heat because yes, I'm five foot four, and I do look very small <laughs> compared to a seven foot Elmer Soderblom on skates. You're, you're now <laughs> the the Pistons beat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna have to get you a Red Wings branded step ladder, and you can just step up it right. and give them the microphone. They did bring a chair over when I was gonna interview Elmer, or I did interview Elmer. They brought a chair over. Do you want him to sit? And I was like, No, no. <laughs> He's Lord Elmer, and it should I be. I hope a you throne. did the pout like arms crossed yeah, like arms that. Crossed, too. I was like, No, get it away from me. <laughs> Ryan, what was your read on Elmer? I, for one, I thought he looked fast. Yeah. He, the way that he was able to accelerate from the defensive zone and through the neutral zone, there's one in particular that he just went flying after the puck along the boards in the neutral zone and beat three different guys to include both defenders all, around the outside toward toward the faceoff dot. And mm-hmm. he, the aggressiveness was awesome. Now, is it because of where he was at? Maybe. But I think when you look at where he was at last season to now, the speed I thought really stood out to me. And to kind of build off the point on him and him using the body, I thought he actually did in the offensive zone more, moreover, a good job of really using his butt to, to kind of seal guys off, especially when it came to loose puck battles. And that helped use that size. I thought his one touch passes were awesome. The very little moments that I noticed when he would go after a loose puck, did he for one lose the battle? But he, he would steal a guy off, and immediately the puck would be off his stick to either a defender or a guy cutting through the middle of the ice for a, a scoring opportunity. I thought that was one of the one things that he that stood out to me in particular offensively, outside the fact that he just wanted to go to the net every time that they had the puck. And it either got to him or he was making a play to help get himself more open for it. And it was it was solid. Defensively, though, like kind of you're saying, Greg, he would be kind of just there in the, the de- defensive zone. Not saying that is a bad thing, but with how much it seemed like Detroit struggled over the course of the three games, you needed a full five-man effort defensively. And when he was out there, he was more or less kind of floating along the point and kind of in the middle, but not really on someone in the man-to-man sense. So I'm not taking a lot of stock into it right now. You know that it's probably a conversation that's going to be had, and he knows that as Danielle just mentioned that there's things that he knows that he has to work towards. And some of those were probably it. So we'll see in the next week or so once camp starts and we're getting in the actual games, like against NHL level competition, how that kind of changes out. But the speed I think overall is what I think set him apart from a lot of guys. And it really opened him up offensively. And I loved it. I think going into training camp is going to be the big, the big switch, I think a switch is going to flip for a lot of these guys who are in the prospect yeah. tournament. They're like, well, now it's serious. Now I'm trying to get on the big team and they'll be warmed up enough. So I, I'm interested to see what Elmer brings into training camp and into preseason, because, again, we didn't think he'd make the roster last season. And he did. And he has another chance to do it again this year. And I think even more so since Mazer was our dark horse, if he's hurt again, like even further into preseason, I think that gives Elmer a little bit more of a leg up. Um, But I want to move to another guy that I think might be dropping, might have not be dropping, but have dropped off some people's radar simply because he was hurt last season. And that's Cross Hannes, who, I mean, dynamite offensively, like explosive offensively. Um, We had noticed last season before he got hurt, he had some of the same defensive issues that Elmer had. But this guy, I mean, just puts pucks in nets, whether it's from far out, whether he's right. He had a couple right in front of the goal. And he had four goals and two assists for six points in three games. And he was, what, number 10 on our ranking, Ryan, when we did our prospect ranking. I believe he came in at 10. Yeah. Um, but I think if he keeps going at this pace and doing this with his game, that's some offense that this team is sorely lacking. And I was very impressed with Cross Hannes. Yeah, I think Cross Hannes, I'm a, I'm a big Cross Hannes fan. Knowing, getting to know him off the ice has been a treat. He's great. 
And he came into this tournament not only one strike against him. I'm only going to throw that out there. You know what it oh, is. Jake ben, I know what you're going to say. I talked to him about that today. Actually, I'm like, I teed you up. I am so sorry. I, I literally put you up on a silver platter. And he goes, I know I thought about it after the fact. And he, he said, he goes, I really didn't have like a favorite stars player. And I said, don't worry. We get it. You grew up watching him and you kind of saw him come through the organization and become the player that he is. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But he did. He, he he felt a little bad about it. <laughs> I, I was watching this earlier today and I just had an all text text to Greg and Tyler. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Don't hold it against him. I promise. No. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, big fan across Anis. And I actually talked to him in Grand Rapids just after they had announced that he was going to be done for the season. Um, and he, of course, super disappointed, but ready to get to work and ready to recover and ready to get back to it. So I think this tournament was great for him. He actually got cleared just last week for contact. Wow. So yeah, he was able to play in this tournament and he was great. He was excellent. Got right back into it. Looked like he didn't miss a beat. And I think it was great for not only his confidence, but just his game, no matter what, if he, I don't think he's going to be the one that might crack the Red Wings roster this year, but I think he's going to be a very, very critical piece in Grand Rapids this year. And I think he looked really, really good. Like you said, those offensive numbers were there and just watching him knowing that every time he gets the puck, there's a chance it's going in the net, not having many of those guys yeah. in the organization right now. It was great to watch. It was so much fun to watch him this weekend. Any idea how long he was skating before he was cleared? I know he was skating for a while. Um, just okay. because he was just cleared for contact doesn't mean um, that he wasn't skating yeah. and working out and exercising. So it was his he, he got the full clearance just a week ago knowing that I think it's even more impressive on what he what he was able to do but yeah it's it's a guy who quickly here will, should rise up the prospect rankings for most people if he continues to develop this way because it was I mean watching him was awesome um he just needs to apologize to Larkin for the Jamie Ben comment he could have said like Mike Madonna or something like <laughs> that's where my head went no, but I was worry. like he how old is he actually that's, yeah, we'll that's teach the question him. don't worry we'll teach early him. 20s <laughs> yeah see that's but that's before his time yeah, well, the next guy I've got is Marco Casper. Um, Marco Casper is an angry man. That's what I have here. He, I feel, and I watched a, a good portion of the games. At, like I said, being down in Texas wasn't didn't make it easy to just stop and watch. It seemed like they were targeting him a lot. Like they wanted to rile him up. Um, he beat a dude up. That was good. He has the grit that the team desperately needs, and I'm excited to see that because you know he will be up in games at some point. This year, whether he starts with the team or not, he'll be an injury call up. Great vision, high hockey IQ, great chances. Um, but I think the thing that stood out most was his play driving. Like he just knows what he's doing, knows where the puck needs to go, knows who's open at all times. And then, he, like I said, he got himself with some good chances, didn't put in as much as he probably wanted to. Uh, in three games, he had two assists. But I think there's a there's a ton of promise in Casper. And like I think I've said all along, I think in time he could be one of the best two C's in the entire league. Like you could maybe be able to 1A, 1B him with Larkin and lose absolutely nothing there. But he's angry. And I think that's a good thing. It's just interesting to see because you don't normally see that with your high end prospects, right? You don't expect them to go out there and be the guys that are picking fights and getting in people's faces. And it, I like it. I do. Um, and actually, not to plug another podcast, I don't mean to do this, but Art Regner talked to Dan Watson and it was released today, just kind of a summary of what happened at the prospect tournament on the red and white authority. And Dan gave some really good insight into this topic specifically, just that Marco Casper, there's a balance, right. Of being able to play that way, but not letting it throw you off your game because he didn't put up the offensive numbers that he would have wanted to put up. And Dan Watson cited his improvement throughout the tournament and Game one wasn't exactly the Marco you wanted to see, but game two and three, he was a little bit better. So just some of those things that young prospects have to learn. And when you play against like other teams, they're going to know that that type of stuff is going to throw you off your game. So if they start getting in your face and things like that, it could be a total strategy to throw you off your game. And Marco's got to get used to that. I'm bummed I didn't get to listen to that because I got notification like, 45 minutes prior. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it actually just got posted. So yeah, it was a good conversation though. And like I said, he touched on that specifically. So I think it's, it's something worth listening to just about where Marco's at with his, the way he plays the game. It's just how he plays, but he has to be able to balance it. I, I like what you mentioned though, about how he's going to grow into it. Cause I know you guys were talking to, to alone 
And he mentioned, he was talking about Evans in particular, but he mentioned the maturity factor and how the, there's going to be certain things that these guys are going to pick up on as they go through it. And I think Casper fits that piece perfectly because when I was watching him out there and what I was able to see, he seemed calm and collected on the ice. Like when the puck came to him, you knew something was going to happen. He was pe- putting passes through sk- sticks and skates like it was nothing. And he seemed to be one move ahead a majority of the time that he was on the ice. He didn't, wasn't really, it seemed like he was overexerting himself, which I was not really upset about. But it also didn't seem like there was anything that he couldn't handle when he was out on the ice, whether it's offensively or defensively. And what I really liked is that he was winning defensive draws out while he was out there too and really helping the team get out of a, a sticky situation. Yeah, and even off ice, he just seems like, one, he's a great interview. He just seems like the happiest kid ever and like really insightful. But he also seems like he's a sponge. Like everything, he takes in literally everything around him, which is kind of like what, like maybe a forward version of Mo Sider. Like Mo mm-hmm. seems like he's always open to learn absolutely everything and taking all the information. I feel like Casper is the same way. Like he's a student of the game and any way he can improve, he's going to get him in that himself in that situation to improve. Yeah. And he's really smart. So that's a good thing yeah. to be both, to be able to think the way he thinks and play the game the way he plays, but also know that you have to take everything in and know that there are things you need to learn. It's a great recipe for success. So I, I am very confident in the way that he's going to play too. Like you said, a really good two C in the league, maybe even a one C somewhere down the line, but I think he's got great potential and, off the ice he's he's he is a treat sometimes i'm like wow you seem more mature than i am i'm like almost (laughs) double your age at this point you seem more mature than i am it's the year it's the european upbringing daniela that's what it is (laughs) where did we go wrong here Uh, he's got he's got that going for him yeah whether maybe it was high school but you know hey yeah well whatever Uh, so the the one bright spot I'm going to bring up on defense besides Connor was it Connor Punnett just throwing mm-hmm. hands like yeah. like no one's and business the and the, yeah like he's a wrecking ball there and he put up good numbers in junior like I went to look I'm like did they only bring him in for like a guy who's gonna like throw the body and no like he had good junior numbers out there but William Wallander I will I would say that Wallander was their best defenseman all tournament uh, patient at most times which at some points caught him flat footed. Um, But again, he's getting used to North American ice. It's a new game for him, a new team. Uh, I think there's a ton of promise in Wallander if he continues to develop at the pace he's developing at. Uh, He had an assist in the tournament, but you can see the tools. You can see the upside. Uh, We heard, I think it was Dan Cleary, talk about him and the transformation that he had taken from when he was drafted to even last season. And... Uh, Wallander was impressive to me and he's big uh, again another big body out there but he's a mobile big body defenseman I'm not kidding when I tell you that I don't think there's a there was a Red Wings defenseman on this prospect team that was under 6'4 like I really don't think there was anyway but yes Wallander is great I'm really excited to see him get a full year in Grand Rapids because I think he only got a game maybe two games a game I think last I think season. it was one just one um and it didn't go that great for him. But again, it's one game, so you can't really make any judgments there. So to see him come in and be really the number one defenseman at the prospect tournament is a really good sign for him. Excited to see him at camp and mix it up in Grand Rapids this year. I know Dan Watson had a lot of really great things to say about him. He's excited to coach him. So, yeah, I, I think that it's all great things. And we know that the Red Wings love developing their players over in the Swedish Hockey League. And he played for Ogla with Marco Casper, so a really good team. They have a nice little relationship that's already built, but he's looking really good and very promising young defenseman for the Red Wings. Yeah, I was impressed by the way how quickly he could cover anywhere on the ice. Like that, I'm glad to see that that hasn't changed. And I, he, she's probably even faster, much like Soderblom. You could tell that the way that the, the way that we've talked about him, that kind of showed. There's only one time that I think that he really did not have a good moment. And he had a turnover against Dallas at the blue line that led to a, I think it was a three on one and a, a goal against. But outside of that, he used the body. He was solid man to man. One on one, you couldn't get past him. And I just, the way that he, I know we've talked about it before, like we've looked at Cider and Edmondson, the way they can carry the puck out of the offensive zone to kind of really force and push that breakout. He had that exact same thing going for him where he slotted it off to the wing. And he just drove through the center of the ice and started his own little mini two on one going from his own end. And if that's things that we can start 
to expect the future is going to be in great hands because we're going to have amazing two-way defenders and they're all going to be huge. And he's just going to add to that fantastic group that we've got building up right now. Yeah. I think the one thing that a lot of people are bringing up is uh, in the chat and online was like, well, where's all the, like the Red Wings are screwed defensively and all this. Like, you know, that like sounding Palika is not there because his season is starting the SHL. Edvinson is coming back from injury and if you look at the future and you've got a, a defensive core of Cider, Edvinson, Sandin Palika, Wallander, Johansson, you've got Antituamisto who had uh, looks like he's got a rocket of a shot. I mean, it's it, I, there's a lot more there than what was shown at this. Like you can't, again, take a single tournament and go, yeah, well, we're screwed. There's a lot of people that weren't there that are going to have a really big effect on this defense going forward. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that the prospects that are playing over in Europe can't play in this tournament because their seasons are underway. And then also the collegiate players, too. If anybody's playing in college, they are not allowed to play in the prospect tournament, which might be an iffy rule. I don't really understand it exactly, but they don't play. And so there, there's a lot of prospects that don't play in this tournament. And like you said, it it can be... I don't know if people just forget about it or if it's distracting or you think that's the only group of prospects that the Red Wings have. It's not. And I think their defensive core might be one of the strongest points right now when you look at the list of prospects. Yeah, absolutely. It's got us, I think, mildly excited for Grand Rapids. Yeah. Yes. Potential is going to yeah. be there. But because, I mean, we, we know, I mean, look at last year, not all of these guys that are on the prospect tournament roster are going to be in Grand Rapids. So, like, I think the standout last year was Biakwatuka, and he's not not anywhere near it right now. So it's it, it's going to change, but whether that's for better or worse is to be seen. So another guy that really gets me excited about going into next season is Amadeus Lombardi. Again, <laughs> uh, he yeah. he got bigger. Like that's the thing is he he was a smaller guy and he put on muscle. You can tell. Um, he was, again, explosive skating, great offensively. Again, he probably didn't have the impact he'd want to have, but he had a goal and two assists for three points in three games. But the chances were there. Um, his his interview with Dan Cleary, he had said that playing center, he couldn't move the guy's sticks in Grand Rapids on faceoffs. So he knows that strength is where he needs to go. But he's a dude like Cross Hannis, who if they can click offensively like they, they have been click offensively. But if they can continue oh, yeah. to do that, yeah. to to be that offensive like dynamos that they can be, they're what this team needs because we are so lacking scoring. And you you know that Debrinket's going to help that, and you know that the evolution of Lucas Raymond should help that. But when you can next season insert guys like Cross Hannis, and maybe even next season to the season after insert guys like Lombardi it's only going to boost the system up. But Amadeus Lombardi, I think, had a good tournament. And uh, you can see the offensive skill that's there. Plus, he seems like a fun guy. So, Great guy. Another one. That's another one of my favorites. But um, you mentioned a sponge. You talked about Marco Casper being a sponge. Amadeus Lombardi is very much like that because, like you said, he knows he's undersized, so to speak. He, he knows he's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger to be able to compete in the AHL. But that is where he wants to be. So every chance he got, he was asking coaches, his teammates, anybody questions, how can I get better at this? How do I get stronger here? What can I do to make sure I am making that Grand Rapids roster and making sure that I make an impact on this Grand Rapids team? What Just always wanting to get more information and you can tell he truly wants to get better and really cares about making an impact here. And we saw his offensive game take huge strides in the OHL this year. So that's really encouraging too. But He's trying to prove that he can play all over the ice. And, and that's the thing. He wants to be that 200 foot defensive style too. He wants to be able to go toe to toe with anybody and not be moved off the puck, not be over muscled by anybody. And you can just tell, you can tell by the questions he asked, by how his interactions, everything like that. So it's all positive for Amadeus as well. When he was on ice, you knew it, whether yeah. it was offensively or defensively. That was, I think, one of the few guys across the entire roster that you, you knew was out there because he was in there. He was in your face on the forecheck when they were coming into the offensive zone with puck control. It was either on his stick because he brought it into the zone or he went and chased down a loose puck and was moving around to somebody else. I thought that when he got in tight is where he really shined. His, his stick handling and movement was incredible. 
and he made guys look silly trying to come after him with the puck and he just he would get it off quickly kind of like Silverblom just without using the body it was just the quick tiny little passes to a guy in the slot to break something out or open it up the vision I think was up there with Casper with the way that he was seeing guys that were open across the ice to try to make something happen uh, to me in the in what I was able to actually see was like roughly what half half of the games uh one and a half games worth it was he was just there and it was impressive and defensively he looked good didn't seem like he was out of place there again he was going for every loose puck that was out there to try to get it up the ice because as soon as detroit started going going north out of the defensive zone he was leading it and yep. it, that had me excited and on, on the face-off point though there's a few times where it seemed like he was overmatched but he would counter that with his speed. There was some draws that he would take. He just won clean up, but didn't even touch the guy. And if he did get, try, if the guy did try to body him, he would try to skate around him. I remember there's one, one face off John, the offensive zone. They, they tried to tie him up and he just did the old NHL 23 little juke around and almost got a shot on net off it. Like he, he was just, he adjusted to the situation and he he was a lot of fun to watch. And when him and Hannes Hannes were going together on the same line, there's a lot of chemistry there. And if that's going to continue, that'll be fun. Well, that's sometimes what you got to do when you're smaller is find other ways to improve your game to mm-hmm. get around your deficiencies. And if he's doing stuff like that, that's a really and like you said, Daniel, it's a sign that he's absorbing everything that he can and using it to his advantage. Um, it's again, Lombardi is one of the guys that were really high, not just because of his name and because of his nickname, but because of the tools that he's bringing to the team. And it seems like it's only going to go up from there. So he's, he's kind of one to, again, keep your eye on this year because he should play in Grand Rapids full time and be a positive impact on that team. Uh, the last forward I want to talk about before we get to a couple questions, Nate Danielson, man, people were rag again. It's the, it's the. Same situation with Cider ragging on the pick as soon as it happened. Nate Danielson, the kid's the real deal. Watching him out there, smartest kid on the ice, like phenomenal, uh, really high hockey IQ, was a fantastic facilitator, had five assists in two games, and had some really good chances out in front of the net to to get shots on, and, and one that was I think uh, tipped in by someone at the end on a follow up. And I mean, just he knew where to be, when to be there, knew where everyone else was and super impressive for his first prospect tournament. Nate Danielson was phenomenal. And I mean, he's going to I think he'll live up to his draft position, not the player should, but I think he'll live up to his draft position. Absolutely. Yeah, not that he doesn't have offensive capabilities because he does, but he takes a lot of pride in his defensive game. And it's really hard when you're that young, right, when you're playing in different leagues, junior hockey, all of that, you want to be the goal scorer. That's just how it is. It's it's kind of how young players grow up. You want to be flashy. You want to put the puck in the back of the net. But he seems like he's already got a jump on that 200-foot game and that defensive game. So kind of having that ahead of him and learning the offensive, I don't want to say secondary because, again, it's there, but he hasn't put as much focus on it throughout his career. But putting the focus on it now, he can be really dangerous going forward, just how smart he is the way that he plays the game, it's going to be really exciting. And he's one of those calm, cool, collected guys all the time. I try to get him to crack a smile, you know, laugh a little bit. No, Mr. Serious right now. We'll get him there. We'll get him there. But he's super excited to be here. And he seems like he's going to be a great leader. He's already kind of taking that leadership role on at the prospect tournament in his first year. I'm excited to see what he does. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's like a mini Dylan Larkin with the like emotional, like uh, consistency of Michael Rasmussen. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> Even Rass is getting a little better now. So maybe Nate will get there too. <laughs> it's the nerves. He's nervous. Art always calls uh, Rasmussen while he, when he was 21, the most serious 21 year old I ever met in my life. And he said he might pass that torch to Nate Danielson, the most serious oh, man. year old I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Brian, what did you see out of who I guess I'm going to now dub Nate the Great? <laughs> Nate the Great, that, that new shirt idea. There you go. Uh, no, the speed factor is there. When he he's a lot like Lombardi. When he was on the ice, especially in the offensive zone, he was a menace. He was going after every puck, whether or not he had it, or whether or not he won the the battle was irrelevant. 
he was in the middle of it. And I, I think that was huge. The only thing that I was kind of a little bit frustrated with is sometimes I think it was just maybe getting an, an adjustment period because I was only able to watch part of the Dallas game. It seemed like he was a little bit too quick to pull the trigger on passes at times. But the thought and the idea was there with what he was trying to do. And I think for that, it's going to be important as, as he continues to mature and grow is that, that he doesn't lose that and don't get discouraged by maybe some of the things like I know he had a big turnover that led to a goal against with Dallas because he was soft on the puck and they took it the other way on him. So there's room, but the skill is there. We saw it at the prospect camp. We saw it in this tournament. It, 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 there's a lot of excitement and he's right hand shot. You can't be too upset about that part of it. Yeah, I think too, just to note, there were you, his turnover. There were some ugly turnovers in this game with the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. There were some ugly turnovers that turned into odd man rushes a little too often. The defense wasn't as strong as you would want it to be. So, and that doesn't go unnoticed. Obviously, everyone knows that those things happen. But for the most part, our prospects that should look really good looked pretty dang good in this tournament. Things to clean up, obviously, as they move forward and some of them playing in the AHL next year. Yeah, he, and he'll be, be at main camp. Well, no, he'll be at main camp, though. Well, That's yeah. the thing. He'll be at camp. So, uh, and to clear that up, he's in the Michael Rasmussen situation, too, where he has to play in juniors or the NHL because he has not met the CHR requirements, which are really dumb to play oh. in, in the AHL. It's a bad, and it was just like extended to like 2026 or something stupid. I think so, it's 28. Yeah, it's right. a it's a really long, unnecessary amount of time. Um, But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, When we come back, we are going to uh, get a few listener questions in before just doing a quick uh, what we expect out of training camp. So we'll be back in just one minute after a word from our sponsors. Football is back and in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on all the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. We are back with listener questions, and we're going to start out with a softball, Daniela. Here we go. From Rowan, uh, his oh question is as follows. Where's the Charlie content? Uh, it's really hard to post Charlie content when I'm in Traverse City and Charlie is in Detroit. Okay? <laughs> I, have, I have a very hard time getting Charlie content when we are not in the same city. I saw this and I'm like, do you just think I take her around? She's a 75 to 80 pound dog. I can't just like bring her with me everywhere I go. You don't but have like a house cam where you can like zoom in on her and take a snapshot and post I it. I guess I could try to get Vince to take some some content videos for me, but he's he's not great at operating. Like, it'll just not great, not great at. It'll he's be not bad. A content creator. Let's put it that way. So we I'll need get, like, quality. Yeah, quality, we need quality Charlie content. It's got to be <laughs> a plus content for Australia, right? <laughs> Uh, there are people that are worried about uh, other teams poaching you uh, as your full time third chair. How will it impact our experience as fans? Do you have a full no move clause? <laughs> I do not have a no movement clause, but I don't want to be anywhere else. So that's enough to say that I'm going to I'm going to be here for a while. And I, I'm very excited to see how it impacts the broadcast because. My first season with the Tigers, which is coming to an end, it was excellent. It was so much fun. I tried to bring some different angles, different types of interviews, different player conversations and different thoughts into the broadcast. And everybody really seemed to love it. So I hope I can do the same with the Red Wings. Again, it's kind of I don't want to call it like I'm a guinea pig because I I have confidence in myself and everyone has full confidence in me that I'm going to bring some some good stuff to the table. But it is the first year of this role. So we'll see how it goes. And I'm excited to do that for everybody. Well, I guess that leads into the next one. What's more fun to cover, hockey or baseball? 
I saw this on Twitter and I wanted to be like, I plead the fifth. I'm not answering this question because <laughs> that's smart. I did not. And obviously, you know, hockey has my heart, right? It always has probably always will, but I did not think I would like covering baseball as much as I do. Like, I am very sad that the season is coming to an end. I'm extremely sad about it. And obviously it wasn't the season everybody wanted for the Tigers either. They're it got kind of better. Path as the, I did. did. But they're on the same path as the Wings right now. They're almost yeah. identical with like they've got the young talent that's starting to take steps forward. They need to find a few more pieces to take the next step. And they're in the AL Central. So next year, who knows? That's really anybody's division at that point. Like but, the NFC North. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> I've just I've had a lot of fun covering baseball. And we have a really good group of players in that clubhouse. AJ Hinch is phenomenal. I absolutely love working with him. So just a lot of really positive things in the Tigers clubhouse too. So it's very hard for me to answer that question because I thoroughly enjoyed covering baseball this summer. That's that's a fair answer right there. And yeah. uh, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Please don't break my heart the way that Shannon Hogan broke all of our hearts when she left for the Islanders. So no, I won't. <laughs> I'm gonna say I won't. <laughs> So we have a couple uh, a couple hockey related ones now. Uh, do you think Kosa could play NHL games this season? No, I don't. And I, I agree. Don't, that's not a bad thing. Nobody take that as a bad answer. That is not me being down on Kosa. I just based on everything that we've seen, he just finished his first season in the ECHL, which was great. But he's got to prove it in the AHL first. He's got to prove yep. that he can go a season in the AHL. If you talk to any general manager, Sean Horikoff who is the general general manager of Grand Rapids, if you ask him what it takes to get called up to Detroit, he's going to tell you, you got to dominate at the AHL level and you have to do it consistently. So that's what we need to see from Sebastian Coso before he even sniffs the NHL. And that's okay. That is totally normal. That is totally okay. We have a nice, fresh Alex Lyon waiting, right? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That's a, like a, we said at the start, patience. Horkoff said it again. They're going to keep using that word over and over with Kosa. That's why he was in Toledo. That's why they've let him just take charge of where he goes. Let him do that in Grand Rapids. If he struggles, there's guys there that can help him get through that. Let's go. And the last one, if you had to single out one forward from Traverse City who impressed you the most, not necessarily who played the best, but did, some, but did someone exceed your expectations that we should be keeping an eye on them in training camp? I think it was cross handed for me. And that's because of the fact of knowing that he just was cleared off of his injury. He was able to come and make an impact. He took on such a leadership role. And after that Columbus game, he was the one that got in there and addressed the media. And it's not always easy to do that, especially as a 2021 year old player to go in and talk after a loss, after you gave up seven goals in the second period to go in there and handle it the way that he did and give the answers that he did. I just think we're seeing so much maturity in his game as he moves forward in all different aspects. And like I said, when I found out that he just came off that injury, like actually just came off that injury, I did not expect to see what we saw from him in that tournament. So I'm, I was very excited about him and I, I hope he has another killer year in Grand Rapids and makes his way to Detroit sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would agree. He's in a, he kind of put the rubber stamp on himself as someone you need to watch in this turn, especially in this tournament, because Again, having so much time off in Grand Rapids that people may have forgot who he was, but he reminded a lot of people who he is uh, with his performance. I think we're going to move into training camp now. I, I kind of just want to get your feeling for it, what your expectations are going in. Not that you might have crazy expectations, but I think it's going to be for me, for me, it's excitement. It's a lot of new guys. <laughs> It's year yep. two of of the Newsy system, so it's already there and, and established itself. There may not be as many guys fighting to crack the roster because there's a lot of vets that were brought in, a lot of established players. There may be a spot for someone to steal. But what is kind of the feeling among the group on, on what's expected out of this training camp moving into this season? Because I feel like there's there's an appetite. Listening to the guys do interviews, there's an appetite to win. Like they're in a position seeing all the moves that were made, the guys that were brought in, they're like, we we're going to start winning some games. Like we're done messing around. It's excitement is the right word. And I think there will be a little bit of competition at some positions, which is exciting, right? Even if we know, and most people do know that there's an established roster and there are guys that are guaranteed going to be these spots on the roster. Those young guys don't look at it that way. They're going to come in and battle their butts off to try to win a spot 
on this roster. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see. And just to get everybody back together again will be a lot of fun. Michael Rasmussen is healthy. Robbie Fabry is healthy. What does that look like for this team? There's a lot of injuries that took place. All the new guys coming in, just getting to know them is a big thing for all of us, obviously. And bringing that to you guys is super important for us. Getting to know the, the Alex Dabrinkit, who we've seen quite a bit from already, or JT Comfort, what's he going to add to this roster? And, you know, the goalie position, Alex Lyon being brought in, you guys mentioned him. I don't think it's a for sure thing that he's going to be in Grand Rapids. I think he could battle for a backup We spot said the same. Pro. Yeah, like, I don't think it's a 100% thing. You, James Reimer is there as well. Those two are going to battle it out for that backup position to Billy Huso. There's just a lot of interesting storylines heading in. And you guys mentioned Derek Lone in his second year. When we talked to him on the stream, he talked about being more comfortable, right? Like he's, he always uses the analogy. You feel like you're starting on the 50 yard line. And that's a big thing for a coaching staff to be familiar with each other, to understand how they want to run their systems. When we felt like we saw the improvements last year, hopefully that leads to even more improvement this year. So just a lot of really, really good storylines, a lot of excitement around the team. And again, everyone thinks they're going to take a jump. The players want to take a jump. We want them to take a jump. And I think there's real potential for them to do that as long as this lineup stays healthy and ready to go. And we get to watch guys like Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond do it all again, too, which is always great. There's two quotes from Malone. It was kind of early in the conversation you guys were having with him that I, I that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. We want to be relevant and get us in the fight. Uh, I, I like to see what this team can do. They want to stay relevant later into the season than they did last year. They don't want to have the two Ottawa games define them again. You know what I'm? They want to get to mm-hmm. the trade deadline, and they don't want to be selling. They want to get there and they want to be competing. And it's a common theme. It's it's not just talk. These guys want to do it. I think that's what really, and you hit on this several times throughout the broadcast, like there's, uh, there's excitement that we mm-hmm. haven't seen in a very long time. Get to LCA. This is, this is my, Hey, get out there and go watch, watch the wings play live. Uh, yeah, you might think I'm you. giving a sales pitch, but like, seriously, if you want it's, to get it, out there and real. watch the hockey team, now is the time. Like, don't wait. I may or may not be excited to have this be my first year having a half season ticket package since Woo, 2013. That's 14, exciting. So. There yeah, I'm go. still trying to get tickets for opening night because they're ridiculously expensive right now. Well, that's what's going to See, this is why I'm saying it. Ryan's the smart one because this is how it's going to work. I didn't I think I was going to be able to go until more, last week. I get new opportunity for seniority next year. <laughs> Just saying. I hate you. But you get to see the Alex, the Alex Debrinket experience. That's what it's going to be because all the videos that I've seen with Debrinket so far, he looks He's so, so happy. Like, Happy and comfortable already. And I think a happy Alex Debrinkit is going to score goals and like right back up to to his potential because he wants to be here. That's a thing. He had did look like he didn't want to be in Ottawa. He's where he wants to be now. And he just a, a happy player, I think, is a more productive player. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Daniela, thank you for joining us. What do you what do you have to plug? What besides training camp, anything besides training camp, fun content coming up? Oh, we're going to have a ton of content coming from training camp. So just make sure you follow the Red Wings social media channels. There's going to be a lot of things coming out within the next week. And I do have to shout out our social media team because they've been working their butts off all week already. Stacey's a master. Yeah, they're going to be even crazier this week. They've been excellent. But really follow like everything on all the channels because there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. And it's going to be exciting because this team is exciting. We have some good golf outing content. Uh, There will be some golf outing content. Yes, there will be some golf outing content. Will I be involved in that content? I don't know. Golf is not my strong suit. Um, so, But there will be some golf outing content. And Daniela is at Daniela Bruce underscore on Twitter. Daniela yeah, Bruce underscore because someone else has Daniela Bruce and I don't know this person. <laughs> we need to get them. We, we must find at Daniela Bruce <laughs> and remove them, pay them for the tag. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, it's hockey time, baby. Yeah, like we, we are finally at camp. This will probably be what day does training camp officially kick off? What's the first day? Thursday is the first practice Thursday. day. Thursday, so the twentieth. First, what are days? 21st. Yes, twenty first, Ryan. Nine twenty one. I have my calendar up. I was looking at. I was like, today's the eighteenth. I can't math. We are a couple days away from Red Wings hockey officially starting. You can say it already started. Debatable. NHLers on the ice together. Let's go. That's all I got. That's all I'm going to even touch on because I'm pumped. I'm jealous that our friends that are at training camp right now 
we have some buddies of ours that are actually working like part of the security and like support detail there. Uh, Brandon's done it for the last several years with his dad and props to them for being able to be up there and enjoy get ice be with near the players and on the ice and all that stuff. So I'm hoping to be up there next year for the first time yep. for it. We're going to Airbnb it, Ryan. Uh, that's that's the goal. I've still not been to a training camp. I'm hoping next year that is it, it finally changes. But it is pretty cool. It's the rink is just so it's it's a small rink. It's a great rink. Don't get me wrong, but it's a small rink. So it's just a different atmosphere. And you're watching actual NHL hockey in just such a cool, relaxed atmosphere. It's great. It's so much fun. Everyone looks so happy when they do the crowd shots <laughs> during during just the hockey's turn. back, Ryan. Like yeah. that's why. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so happy. But no, that's all I got. Already around 33. Well, my fortunes have reversed and I will be at home opener. Granted, I can get a pair of tickets for under like $700, which is basically what it looks like right now. So I will be. Remind me tomorrow. I will email my ticket rep. Thank you. (laughs) I will be there. I will be at the home opener. Shout out to all our ticket reps working their butts off. Right now. Literally <laughs> everyone from the ticket reps, to the people who are prepping the arena to the people who are ready to do interviews. We're going to have to try and get art on before the season starts to talk to him He's too oh, and man. get some Art like Regner hot hours, takes. I'll have to, it'll be a heavy <laughs> editing day. I'll have that'll, to edit that'll be two weeks worth of episodes for one. <laughs> yeah. I'll chop it up. I'll get a month worth of hockey content and one art interview. A part one and a part two. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> But you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us and spreading us around. Same with Vintage Detroit, who's just amazing and uh, does awesome jobs on any Detroit jersey you're going to want to get. Uh, follow us on YouTube, sub to our channel, turn on the notifications. Everything is there with fun little graphics. Uh, whenever we mention something, I put it up on the screen because I like putting extra work into things now. Um, but that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, again, thank you, Daniela. Uh, you're always amazing with your time and we love having you on. So does everyone else. I love being, I love joining you guys. So it's a lot of fun every time. Great conversation and a lot of excitement for hockey. So it's all good. That's where we're going to end it. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, hockey town.